The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. The holiday shopping season is here, so it's time for Bubble Genius's Can't Catch Me Gingerbread Man Soap. It's a big-ass gingerbread man soap that you can enjoy without going right to your thighs. Unless, of course, you're washing your thighs, that is. Scented with a yumalicious gingerbread fragrance, all the decorations are soap, too. And at almost five ounces, it should last you a good long time. Only $7 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. China. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Then what's your name, little boy? Hey, kid. Hurry up. The store's closing. Come on. Listen, little boy, we've got a lot of people waiting here, so get going. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? Uh, my mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. Come on, kid. How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football? <laughs> Without conscious will, my voice squeaked out. Football. Okay, get him out of here. A football? Oh, no! Okay, what was kid. I doing? Wake up, stupid! Wake up! No! No, no, I want an official red undercover, and I should do want to get rid of my leg rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It's the money man, that's right, Eddie Money, wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. <laughs> God, I missed the money man. <laughs> that's, that's right, Eddie right. Money. That's right, it's Eddie Money. Oh my God. <laughs> Not the money man. That's right, Eddie Money. It's the money man. It's the money man. That's right, Eddie Money. Wishing everybody a very happy holiday. It's I like a Merry it because Christmas, it's like a happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful New Year. There's that split second of like, of like, as if the audience is going to go, wait, the money man? No, it can't be. That's right, Eddie Money. Oh. It is Tuesday, December 20, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chad Show presented by BubbleGenius.com and the money man. That's right, Eddie Money. Right. I am uh, Bob Seska, and that's the money man sitting right there. No, you're not the money man. He's the money man. That's the money man. That's right. Eddie Money wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. Yeah, that's right. We've got to like make how sure he hesita- How he hesitates, he stumbles getting the word safe out because he's obviously like there's so much coke just whizzing through his brain. That's right. And, and by defining happy holiday, that's Christmas. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> new year, Hanukkah. Whatever else. Whatever other you celebrate. <laughs> Have a happy holiday. Now I'm going to define what that means for you because I'm Eddie Money. That's right, Eddie Money, the money. Ah, wouldn't be the holiday season without the money man, right? We are. We used to have. We used to have a drop. 
on, on the radio I should did forever ago uh, with Don Dockin. Where he's, this is Don Dockin. Keep on rocking. Have a good Christmas. Do, See ya. You know, I, like, I used to love that that was the end of it. See ya. Do I have the Don? Do I not have the Don Dock? I've got to get my hands on the Don Dockin yeah. holiday greeting. Which you I, know is Joe Biden's favorite. Yeah, okay. at, least the, at least the Joe Biden of the Onion. <laughs> Joe Biden loves talking. That's right. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, nothing says Christmas season. Nothing says happy holidays like uh, Don Dockin and, of course, the Money Man. That's right, Eddie Money. It's the Money Man. That's right, Eddie Money. Wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful New Year. These are all the things that are included in Happy Holiday. So I'm saying Happy Holiday because it also includes uh, Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, and uh, New Year. <laughs> Brought to you by uh, the Money Man. Uh, that's right, Eddie Money. He sounds he sounds like every single person I talked to over the past ten days. <laughs> I'm surprised Donald Trump didn't tap him for Secretary of Treasury. I know. That's right. We got to get the Money Man. That's right, Eddie Money. <laughs> for Treasury, we're going to hire him. He's going to be tremendous, tremendous Treasury Secretary. That's because he's the Money Man. That's right, Eddie Money. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. See, I'm just uh, I'm throwing uh, little ideas out here there for uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> So you can hire the money man for Jeez. Secretary of Treasury. Maybe get rid of Steve Mnuchin and just bring in Eddie Money. That's right. It's the money man. That's right. Eddie Money wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah. The money man. Everybody have a safe and wonderful Then he can year. wish everyone a happy holiday. Christmas, New yep. Year's, and uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah's in there. Maybe uh, throw in Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. All, right. that, all that's part of the holidays. Maybe uh, Thanksgiving. Everything's happening earlier and earlier again. Maybe start with Halloween. Halloween, maybe Thanksgiving, uh, Columbus Day. Just imagine just hanging out with Eddie Money on Coke. That'd be lots yep, of fun. That would oh, that'd be a blast. Wouldn't make you want to uh, rip your eyeballs out and stab your ears with knives, would it? He'd be, he'd be shaken <laughs> for more reasons than one. All right. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about today on the show. Um, speaking of Christmas, I noticed this meme on Facebook uh, going around. This is just an indication of how just profoundly dumb the Trump people are. I mean, just colossally dumb. This meme was going around. It's a picture of Donald Trump, and it says, Trump to the libs, do not assault Christianity, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Obama banned using the word Christmas, and now Trump is taking a stand for Christ and the holiday spirit. Share if you support him. Trump is taking a stand for Christ. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah, that's a very Christian man right there. Do these idiots even know who they're dealing with, who they're talking about? Donald Trump is Dude, taking I, a stand for Christ. Today I was, I, I just happened, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I, I you know, I scan my phone and uh, yeah. what, what the hell is the, who's that idiot? Who's the Alex Jones stooge uh, from InfoWars? What the f*** is his name? Paul Joseph um, Watson. This is the money man. That's right. Eddie Money. Thank you. That guy. <laughs> Because I mean, this is the name. The name yeah. alone gains yeah, Dan Badani's yes, respect. It's important that he has that he that he gets all three names in there because <laughs> you know he's he's of that <laughs> import. Um, and he was he sat he had some line about how basically about how uh, um, Russophobes. I love that word. Yeah, Russophobes. Yeah, are using you know are using the uh, assassination in Turkey to, you know, misunderstand Russian intentions and, and to misunderstand Aleppo. And I'm like, what the <sighs> f***? Where really? did we, how did we get here? Yeah, I lived through the 80s. I remember 
that good conservatives, good hardcore uh, Republicans, they were the kinds of people who never under any circumstances would have given the Soviet Union or the Russians for that matter an inch. Yeah. And now it's like and now it's these these people who've aligned themselves with Putin. I do not get it yeah it's really there's a fracture in the republican party and it, it was there before the election it was going to be there after the election emphasized by donald trump where there's a uh there's a the split happens right along this fault line on one side you have donald trump people which are a lot of social conservatives they're not really foreign policy people they're very much about the domestic side and you would find, I mean, I would say most of Donald Trump's support comes from people who are purely focused on what happens inside the United States. So that's one group. And they're, they don't give a rip about Russia, or if they do, they're denying it and they're not admitting it. And then on the other side, you have the usual doctrinaire standard foreign policy conservatives who always hate Russia. Right. They hated communist Russia. They hate Putin's Russia. Um, the Donald Trump side of that... They've always liked Vladimir Putin. There's a certain faction of conservatism that has become the Donald Trump faction that has always been into, uh, you know, pooty poot and the, the mighty pectorals and all of that. They're just into yeah. the strong man idea. They're into the idea that he's cracking down on LGBTQ. They're, they like the fact that he's cracking down on, on the news media inside Russia. I mean, these are all things that this faction loves. They, they love the authoritarianism. In, in Vladimir Putin, and they admire that, and they want to import that in the United States. This is very much obvious, right. and this is what many of us are saying, whether it's those of us on the left or foreign policy conservatives who hate Vladimir Putin, who hate Donald Trump. And this is what's going on. It's horrendous what is happening. I cannot believe th just the rank stupidity among Trump supporters. And then you, have, you fold into the mix uh, the Glenn Greenwald crowd on the left, I yeah. mean, I, I was posting about Russia yesterday, as I've been posting pretty much since the, 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 the latest version of the story broke uh, not too long ago. And the responses I was getting most often w weren't from Trump people. I was getting a lot of responses yesterday on Twitter from Glenn Greenwald people who are accusing me of uh, being a McCarthyite oh and, and generating starting this new Red Scare. And then we see in, uh, in the Daily Caller, there's a, an interview that's been going around uh, with Glenn Greenwald where he says a lot of fun things, a lot of things basically downplaying the entire Russia side of things, which they've been doing, which The Intercept has been doing all along now because there is a, a stake in it for them, which is that They've been uncritically reporting all of the WikiLeaks leaks. Of course. And of yeah. course, Glenn Greenwald and that entire crowd has been pushing hackers and calling them young online activists, which is just the most heinous thing I've ever heard of. And, uh, and so they're in league with that entire crowd. So they're not going to attack Russia because Russia is providing them with valuable information. Right. Uh, let's see here. It was, he was on with Tucker Carlson on Fox News, and he said, uh, all you do is ask for evidence before believing it. Now, this is the thing that I've been hearing a lot of on Twitter, which is, where's the evidence? As if the evidence ever mattered to Donald Trump people. Right. Or yeah, for exactly. that matter, Glenn Greenwald people. Exactly. I mean, there's lots of evidence publicly available that you can find on the internet in support of the climate crisis, saying that it's real, and, and here's what's happening with it, and here are the causes. 
They don't believe any of that crap. I could produce video evidence of Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin spooning in bed, and it wouldn't make a goddamn difference. Of course not. No, of course not. But in this case, they, they need foolproof evidence. They need to see the declassified materials showing that Vladimir Putin hacked the election, hijacked the American election uh, in support of Donald Trump. Right. We've, we've gotten to the point now where um, none of the institutions that we are supposed to, at least to some extent, give a certain amount of credence to, none of them can be trusted. No, this absolutely is the world, not. the world that we live in. Meanwhile, meanwhile, f***ing lunatics like Alex Jones can be trusted. That's exactly right. Alex that's Jones. always been the great irony of this. And, you know, and the other great irony, and it's not a great irony, it's a sad, depressing irony, mm. is that it's fascinating to watch uh, the, the crusade against fake news being hijacked by the very people it's meant to call out. <laughs> so now what you get is when the New York Times or the Washington Post or CNN or a reputable mainstream outlet that actually gives a about uh, the journalistic method, yep. like the scientific method, mm -hmm. um, and takes its vetting of facts seriously, when they report on something that the Trump people don't like, they call it fake news. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's going to be the whole thing now. They, they've, Alex Jones has already started this trend where he's categorizing all of the uh, traditional news sources as being fake news. It's just, Jesus Christ, we're, I mean, we're doomed. Yeah. We I, are, when this is, you know, it's funny, I never thought, I never thought that, that, this is something that began, and it's a little tangent here for me, something that began 30 years ago. 30 years ago, yeah. um, a guy named Joel Achenbach, who is a writer for the columnist for the Washington Post. At the time, he was a columnist for the Miami Herald. He wrote, he wrote a piece that changed my life. And it's one of those things I have brought up again and again in my writing throughout the years. It's one of the very first things I wrote about when I started the blog in 2006. He wrote a piece, and I want to say it was 87, called, uh, called uh, uh, Creeping Surrealism. And his, his point was basically that we have come to accept, and this is 30 years ago, mm -hmm. we've come to accept that we don't care when we're being lied to. Right. And he provides all of these sort of almost like, you know, Chuck Palahniuk level fight club like examples. <laughs> like the fact that Pepperidge, like Pepper at the time, Pepperidge Farm made a cookie that looked like it was, you know, spooned by hand onto a little plate, you know, by grandma. Right. And he says, he's like, but you know what that means is that somewhere there exists a mold that created a cookie that looked like it wasn't made by a mold. <laughs> right. And it was, it, but it's, it was brilliant, and it really changed the way I looked at the world. And I've written about it for years, and I've said, like, one of the main points he made was, um, was that people can tell the difference between the truth and fiction. They just no longer think the distinction matters. Oh, yeah. And, and I said, like, we've always been moving toward that. And I think now, just over the past several, you know, God, over the past – you know, since the social media, uh, since the social media era really, really, really took off and grabbed hold, we have now become a nation. Uh, we really have become a post-truth nation. Oh, absolutely. And my big point that I always made was the truth is important because it is the yardstick by which we measure reality. And if we can't all agree on certain facets of reality, right. we are doomed we can't con we can't converse we can't have discourse none of it we are yep. not going to the same well to get our uh get our facts from yeah I, I mean i think it's all about now saying whatever needs to be said to win the debate whether it's a debate yeah. in the comment section on facebook or whether it's a debate on twitter or whether it's right. a, a a political debate on nbc news and we are now part of the says who generation that's exactly right this I is mean, it. This is our new our new take is well this is the truth. Yeah. Well, and it's it's you know what it is? It's like it's like being in a in a in a 
101 level philosophy class with a major <laughs> asshole. Yeah. We're the kind of guy who just, well, you know, that chair exists because it exists. Well, how do you know? Yeah. Well, tell me. <laughs> That's Why? Right. wrong. Because it fucking exists, because it's sitting fucking right there in front of you. It, 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 absolutely. And we've got one of those guys as the uh, commander in chief at this point, yeah. <laughs> right? China. Uh-huh. But I mean, here's what, here are the people who voted him into office. Just, I mean, absolutely underscoring everything you're talking about here. 52% of Republicans think Trump won the popular vote. There's this meme going around saying that Obama banned using the word Christmas. That is absolutely ludicrous and in no way, shape, or form ever in any universe true. Meanwhile, I had this other poll from the 6th and the 7th showing only 40% of Trump voters insisted he won the national popular vote. That's up to 52%. 60% of Trump voters think that Hillary Clinton received millions of illegal votes. 73% of Trump voters believe George Soros is paying anti-Trump protesters. 29% of Trump voters think uh, or don't think California should be allowed to count in the national popular vote. Mm. Joe Walsh, crazy Joe Walsh, tweeted that the other day. You know, we get rid of California. Trump won the popular vote by 1.7 million votes or something like that. Just get get rid of California. Jesus Christ. 67% of Trump voters think the unemployment rate went up. Under President Obama, only 20% accurately believe it went down. 39% of Trump voters think the stock market went down under Obama. 39%. 19% are unsure. They're unsure. All you have to do is Google DJIA or stock market, and the first thing that comes up on Google is a graph showing how the stock market has been going up perpetually for the last eight years. <laughs> That's staggering. But 39% think it went down under Obama. 14% of Trump voters think Hillary Clinton is connected to a child sex ring run out of a Washington pizzeria. Right. And again, that's, that, is, that is the perfect example of the most outrageous story that these idiots, these clowns are willing to believe without yeah. any evidence whatsoever. Right. And yet, you, you know, you tell them. Uh, however many, more certainly more than a dozen intelligence agencies are saying that Russia hacked this election, and that they can't, they, they just can't wrap their That's head right. around that. Absolutely. But they, but they will, but they will believe that every time John Podesta says pizza in a uh, in in a series of emails, what he really means is young boys he can fuck. Exactly right. God, it's staggering. And then there was a uh, another set of poll numbers um, based on actually it was the same poll showing that 52% of Republicans think that Trump won the popular vote. Here's just a little bit of additional information. The more education that uh, Trump voters have, the less they believe this crap. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, it's about Trump's favorite poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. He loves the poorly educated because they're propping him up right now. Is the poorly educated handed him this victory? Poorly educated believe crap like Trump won the popular vote. Despite all of this, they probably also believe that Obama has banned the use of the word Christmas. And so they vote accordingly. They're voting based on bullshit. And it's it's happening and they have no idea. They have no idea the hellscape that is is forthcoming after January 20th. We're at the threshold of hell. We really, really are. And it's because of stupid people. It's going to be a, a nonstop conga line of stupid people between over the next four years. Yeah, I want to say this before uh, we take a short break, but you know, I was thinking about this last night that every time I start to think about January twentieth forward, 
when Trump really takes office and we really start to see the ongoing uh, tennis ball machine of tragedy where it's just nonstop, just nonstop, all the time, every day. And I I get this, every time I think about this, I get this... Uh, I don't know what you would call it, adrenaline uh, churning in my stomach where it's just like, oh, God, I can't do that for 48 years. I can't feel that. I've got to figure out some way to not emotionally internalize everything that happens throughout the next eight years. Otherwise, I'm going to take right. I'm going to take years off of my life <laughs> by doing that. Got to got to crack that. Out. And I think we all have to, to some degree, figure out a way to put all of that out you know to, to apply that to someplace or something constructive rather than uh absorbing it inside our guts because that's going to kill us all if trump doesn't do it we'll do it to ourselves by uh by internalizing all of the madness right so, anyway but uh lots more to talk about on the show uh we're going to talk about a little bit more on the uh the russia hack and uh kellyanne conway weighing in with something reminiscent of the bush era uh plus some additional news on that front uh i want to talk about trump and this uh, this uh this uh sea this undersea drone that was uh, that was captured by china uh just phenomenally dumb it continues to be dumb trump is dumb 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 china and his and his tweets god his tweet about china and the drone is just mind-numbing china uh but before we dive in i gotta talk about uh one of my favorite things for the holidays is just going around and eating it just gets as much food into my belly as i possibly can and one of the things I just love more than anything else of the holiday season are Sherry's Berries. The countdown is on. Christmas is just a few days away. But it's easy to please this holiday season with gifts for everyone at Sherry's Berries. First, please yourself by taking the stress of shopping right off of your list. And please, everyone on your list, without even starting your car, you can buy, just buy Sherry's Berries for them. I can't stop eating these things. They're huge, fresh, sweet, and juicy. Sherry's Berries are, in a word, decadent. Dipped in chocolatey coatings of milk, dark or white chocolate, topped with swizzles, chopped nuts, or chocolatey chips. Irresistible and perfect for sharing or entertaining. And uh, it's not just berries. Sherry now has delicious seasonal treats, and they arrive on the day you choose. Fresh and on time, guaranteed. And because you listen to The Bob and Chez Show, you can give these treats starting at $19.99. As one of our listeners, you save over 30%. Just go to the upper right corner of berries.com and enter the code R-E-L-M. Next to the microphone icon, that's berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S, and use the code R-E-L-M. Even with time running out, you'll find something for everyone and give valuable support to the show. That's berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Chess Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us. Only one more show before Christmas. Ready for it. I'm ready for a week off. <laughs> but this is going to be, I'm, I'm bowing now. I've got my hand, hand raised to God, as if that really matters. But I'm doing it anyway, because I, I just can't do anything next week. I just don't. I, I really should because I've had time off <laughs> somewhat recently and I've just ended up working the whole time. Just like noodling around on Twitter and 
getting involved. I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta not do that. I just gotta go into complete radio silence for a week. <laughs> Should at least try it. All right. The uh, it's not just the CIA now, as we all know. It's the CIA, the FBI, and the Director of National Intelligence who all agree that the Russians hacked the election. The, right. the Russians hijacked the election, I should say, uh, in support of Donald Trump. The Washington Post reported Friday that directors of the CIA and FBI, as well as the Director of National Intelligence, all back an earlier CIA assessment that Russia intervened in the election in part to help Donald Trump win the presidency. Quote, earlier this week, I met separately with uh, Director FBI uh, James Comey and DNI James, James Clapper, and there's a strong consensus among us on the scope, nature, and intent of Russian interference in our presidential election. The Post reported CIA Director John Brennan wrote in a message to the agency's workforce, according to unnamed officials who saw the message. Quote, the three of us, by the way, oh, it's just the, it's just the Democrats. <laughs> That's what Trump keeps saying. Right. It's the Democrats who are putting this out. It's not the C- I don't know how he thinks this is actually working. Somehow the Democratic Party has infiltrated the CIA. Is that how it's going? Also the FBI <laughs> and the DNI, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, the three of us also agree that our organizations, along with others, need to focus on completing the thorough review of this issue that has been directed by President Obama and which is being led by the DNI, Brennan said. Last week, the Post reported that a secret CIA assessment found that Russian actors sought to help Donald Trump in the presidential election by leaking the emails of Clinton campaign chair John Podesta, the Democratic National Committee, and others. By the way, you notice lots of people going around, Trump surrogates and people online going around saying that this all happened because of Hillary's emails? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No. It has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton's emails. This has to do with a, uh, a covert op conducted by uh, and, and actually managed by Vladimir Putin himself in order to uh, basically get his talons into the American government, to basically inject Russian agents into the United States government. Yep. To basically get the president uh, and, and all of his stooges, everyone friendly to the Russian government. And you know what? He, they're going to do exactly what Vladimir Putin wants. And why is that? Because Putin's got all kinds of information on the Republican Party. So now he can just manipulate the hell out of them. And say, hey, listen, do exactly what I want or else I'm going to release this information on you and you'll be completely screwed. Jesus. The Republicans are going to do it. The Republicans are just going to go right along with all of it. Because what's most important to the Republicans? The party. The success of the party. And that's the reason why. I mean, as long as they control as much of the government as they control, they'll protect him. They'll protect Trump. It doesn't matter what he does. Yep. Because what's most important to them is staying in power. Power is is its own reward. That's exactly right. It trumps, it literally trumps everything else. And yeah, exactly. And what we've been doing, what we've been saying since, uh, since 2000, really, I mean, for the last 16 years, the Republican Party has been a party that's, that's about itself first it's about republicans first nation second and at no other time have we seen it illustrated more clearly than with this russia hack story i mean i can't believe how vocally they're lining up in support of the russian government and now they've got the useful idiots on the far left with glenn greenwald and the intercept crowd all backing them up too saying the exact same thing where's the evidence you don't believe like this, the 17, all 17 heads of the American intelligence community, what they all got together over cocktails included to say this in support of Hillary Clinton or yeah. maybe in this case against Donald Trump. I mean, what this is like a massive conspiracy involving the entire intelligence community. I guess 
I guess it's the whole JFK thing. I guess if you're, I guess if you believe the entire scope of what was outlined in JFK, where it's like, it's it's uh, Lyndon Johnson and the CIA and the intelligence community and military intelligence and the mafia all working together with the anti-Castro Cubans. It's some big, vast conspiracy involving basically everybody yeah. against Donald Trump. And, and that's what basically this would be. It's not. And if we again, if we show you evidence, are they are they going to believe it? No, of course <laughs> they're going to buy into it. No, they're, they're under no circumstances. They won't. That's the idea. It's it's a post evidence era. Yeah. Here is uh, here is Kellyanne Conway basically saying that if you believe this Russia story, you are unpatriotic. This is where we are again. It's rewind back to 2001, 2002. Either you're with us or you're with the terrorists. Either you're with us or you're completely unpatriotic. And with us now, by the way, also means the Russians and Vladimir Putin. If you think that, by the way, if you think that this is, uh, this is a revival of Red Scare politics, you're out of your mind. You haven't been yeah. following along with the record of, of despotism by Vladimir Putin. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. How did we get here? Yeah. It's really- How did we get here? How did we get to a place where conservatives and Republicans are backing Vladimir Putin over basically an American president, you and, know, even, even in the case of Barack Obama? But it's much worse than that, though. I mean, they've not, yeah, they're not only really backing it, yeah. them. And they're they're, and they're allowing them it. to infiltrate the executive branch of government. Yeah, exactly. The entire executive branch. Now Putin's agents are all in there. Rex Tillerson's going to be in there. Donald Trump's obviously going to be in there. God knows who else has been approved by Vladimir Putin. I mean, Vladimir Putin could have a say in the vetting. We don't know. We don't know. It's entirely possible, though. I mean, we have to. We can't discount anything. Everything that you can imagine is is on the table when it comes to Donald Trump and what's happening inside Trump Tower right now. Anything is possible. Here's Kellyanne Conway talking about how uh, you're just not an American patriot if you believe the, the reporting about uh, Russia and the CIA. You know, if you want to shut this down and you actually love the country enough to have this peaceful transition in our great democracy between the Obama administration and the Trump administration, mm-hmm. there are a couple people in, in pretty prominent positions, one's named Obama, one's named Hillary Clinton, since it's people trying to fight over her election still, they could shut this down. Um, I'm told by people who know them that that President Bill Clinton uh, thinks that uh, Russian hacking interfered. She blames Jim Comey. Somebody else blames Uma. It's like, guys, what was her message? I'll give you I'll give you I'll make the wager right now. What was her message, particularly to the forgotten man and the forgotten woman? It's not a mystery. Hold on a second. Right there. Right there. Tell me that. Tell me that doesn't sound like propaganda. Yeah. Forgotten man and the forgotten woman. Jesus Christ. (laughs) She's. Lenny Riefenstahl. I know. <laughs> she, I mean, she is the minister of propaganda for Donald she Trump. Really I mean, is. I'm surprised they haven't made that position for her. And I imagine, by the way, it was an insult if uh, Donald Trump offered her p- press secretary, if the rumor is true. And, and not, I'm not defending Kellyanne Conway necessarily here, but if Donald Trump said, hey, you know what? You're going to be a tremendous press secretary. We're going to demote you from campaign manager to press secretary. She would, had been like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to you're going to give me a major demotion from campaign manager to press secretary. 
They just again, they just make minister of propaganda for this woman. But the fact of the matter is that uh, uh, what she said here, particularly to the forgotten man and the forgotten woman, the forgotten man and the forgotten woman. These are oh. white people. Suddenly, the white people are forgotten. Yep. How how is that ever possible? Are we not in in a perpetual state of dumbing down? everything to dance on eggshells around white baby boomers basically since when have we forgotten the white baby boomers exactly (laughs) imagine that trump what universe i mean again this is i can't even describe how how just horrendously bad all of this is i you know i I keep mentioning this and I don't want to go into that dark because I've been going into the dark place quite often on the show with regard to how I see the Donald Trump era playing out. And there are just all kinds of doom scenarios. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk online about uh, the use of nuclear weapons. Like, what if the, the, we start seeing mushroom clouds and Donald Trump's popping off nuclear weapons and, and uh, North Korea's firing uh, Typo Dong missiles into uh, South Korea and things like that? I don't think it's going to necessarily be that as the first option on the list of horrible things. I think long before that, we're going to see a, a basically a unilateral cyber war conducted by Vladimir Putin and Russian intelligence against the United States, and the White House is just going to roll over and let it happen. The entire Republican Party is just going to open the door and say, come on in. And then yeah. before you know it, uh, Vladimir Putin has, has seized the American uh, 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 grid, the, electro- the electrical grid, seized the internet, seized whatever, and, uh, and taken it over as the end game in this uh, cyber war. I mean, it's just absolutely something that could possibly, I mean, we can't, again, we can't discount anything. I I mean, we have the entire Trump uh, transition right now, defending Vladimir Putin and defending Russia and attacking anyone who says that, that they hijacked the election with the evidence of the intelligence community, the entire intelligence community at this point, the extent of a cyber attack by Russia, a, a broad scale cyber attack would be so utterly destructive. I mean, what happens, let's say, for example, he shuts down huge sections of the Internet. Imagine taking those down for just uh, just an hour, two hours. Right. You know, lives will be lost, tragedies will occur, and the, and the Trump White House is just going to let it happen. Just going to let it happen. Because you know what? If you point at Russia and you've pointed Vladimir Putin and say that they're interfering on American soil with American systems and American institutions, you're unpatriotic. That's amazing. It that's, really I is. Mean, that's, that's, straight, that's straight up Orwell. It is. You know, that's, that's the, you know, the, minis- the ministry of truth. That is, that's a total, you know, newspeak. And remember, watch for these words. Watch for the words. They haven't necessarily come up yet. But watch for the words that Richard Engel warned about for forthcoming autocracy. It's uh, uh, treason. Kellyanne Conway or Donald Trump starts talking about how the opposition is treasonous uh, or a cancer. Watch them to accuse us, dissenters, uh, journalists, and so forth of being cancerous or a cancer. Yeah. Because we're already seeing the victory rallies. He's doing the victory rallies, which every time I see a clip of one of those victory rallies, I want to vomit. Yep. 
I want to vomit all over. Well, you know what? He, he's, I was going to say, I want to vomit all over Article 2. He's vomiting all over Article 2. Every time he talks. I'm about to write a, uh, a piece for uh, Salon after we wrap up the show today. It's going to be called uh, The Death of Being Presidential. Mm, and I think, I, I think Trump people, I think uh, the American people in general are going to find out really quick after January 20th why being presidential is so goddamn important. It's so important. Okay, so I, I've, I've been ranting here. We got to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into it a little more right after these words. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Wrong. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. You still have a few more days to go shopping through our Amazon link. So go to bobseska.com. Uh, just beneath the logo, you'll see a big uh, capital letters that say Amazon link. Click that link. Takes you to the main page of Amazon.com. You go holiday shopping and uh, and save a lot of money. Maybe even sign up for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime and uh, and get free shipping, all that good stuff. Plus, you're helping to support the show. Thank you for doing that. Make sure to bookmark it, by the way. And if you have a small business, source all of your materials through our Amazon link. Okay, so... Uh, Moving along here, uh, speaking of not being presidential at all, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, this is one of those moments where Donald Trump, I'm just l- l- hearing him talk, and I'm going, no other president has said anything like this. W- why, is he do- why is he doing this? And, and what, what is the extent of the damage that he's creating? And, and what's weird is, this is Donald Trump talking about his own people, at one of his victory rallies. This is the weirdest goddamn thing I've ever heard. You people were vicious, violent, screaming, where's the wall? We want the wall. Screaming, prison, prison, locker up. I mean, you are going crazy. I mean, you were nasty and mean and vicious and you wanted to win, right? But now, now, it's much different. Now you're laid back, you're cool, you're mellow, right? You're, you're back. What, what is this? I fucking have no idea. What is he's this? He's insane. Yeah, he is literally insane. I mean, he's obviously, I, I get the sense after listening to this a bunch of times, I get the sense that he's, I think he thinks he's being snarky. Yeah. Like he's, he's co-opting the other side's attack on them to, to emphasize that they're not really that or something. I don't know what. But this is fucking madcap. This is like, again, this is a mental page. You know what I was comparing this to? I was comparing this to uh, that, uh, that chimp, that viral video of the chimp that gets its hands on a machine gun and then starts randomly firing the machine gun. Donald Trump is a monkey with a machine gun. He is, absolutely. It throws you just enough off balance to be just constantly in a state of, oh my God, it's like when you lean your chair too far back. And at the last minute, you catch yourself that that crazy sort of, oh, my God, I'm about to fall over backwards. But you catch yourself. 
that every time I hear Donald Trump say something that is unpresidential or un-American or apologizes for Russia or is just plain stupid or there's a big giant misspelling like unprecedented or I'm, 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 I'm saying it correctly. It's unpresidented. Un- he wrote unprecedented. Amazing. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. He loves the poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. Those are his people. I just, I, I just, uh, I don't know where this is going to end up. I'm just seeing lots of, lots of really bad things <laughs> lined yep. up for us. Okay, so, uh, so moving on. Well, yeah, we've got a little bit more of this. This is just this madness talking about how his fans are vicious and violent, asking in the glory of victory, but. But now you're mellow, and you're cool, and you're not nearly as vicious or violent, right? Because we won, right? <laughs> Whatever. God, he's a fucking monster. He's Whatever. Completely... <sighs> you know, here's the thing. One of the things that, that maintains stability around the world, at least, let's say, in the Western world and with some Eastern allies, is... We are basically the last superpower. We are still, believe it or not, we are, the United States is still a superpower. Uh, Russia, not so much. Russia, Russia and Putin like to think they're a superpower, but everyone who's been saying for the last week, even Barack Obama himself has been saying, is that Russia, they don't make anything. They don't manufacture anything except vodka, maybe. But it's just, you know, it's oil, gas, and that's it. There's nothing, I don't run out and buy a Russian automobile. I'm not lining up to get uh, the latest Russian delicacy. I'm not lining up to buy Russian uh, technology. Right. Uh, and so the United States being the last superpower, uh, that, that role leaves great responsibility on the shoulders of the president of the United States. And the president of the United States has to behave in a certain way. And we call this certain way being presidential. Because what you want other nations to know is that you are going to be there for them that the world's last superpower is going to back them up that the world's last superpower is going to be this bastion of stability it's like when you're a kid when you're four years old you want to know that mommy and daddy aren't eating their own shit and flinging their vomit across the room and squatting in a vat of tapioca with rubber pants around their ankles. You know, you don't want to think that your parents are out of their minds and acting in unstable ways. Or, and if that happens, then your whole life is thrown into turmoil. And that's, that's how we all feel with Donald Trump right And now. this is, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I have, uh, my, my best friend in the world dropped off Facebook and yeah. social media entirely. And he, he made a big stink about it. Um, where he talked about how it's just, it's bad for his health now. And I think what he's done is kind of the thing that I had talked about after the election, which is that there was that part of me that really, and it still exists, that part of me that would love to stop doing this, this, the podcast, and stop mm-hmm. writing. Basically stop paying attention. If there were any way to do something that would that would allow me to, to not fight, to just f***ing give up and just, you know, just keep my head down, and I think that that would work for the sake of my sanity, but I know it's not a good idea. Yeah, no. I mean, every time I would see the news then, I'd be, I'd, I, my head would explode. Yeah, it would. But, I mean, it, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest here for a minute. You know, yeah. it's, it's like it just, I, th- I, I've never felt so hopeless about things, that mm-hmm. there's just nothing we can do about it. Yeah, it's Because, got- 
you know, the guy, the guy is basically going to become president of the fucking United States and he's a monster. Yeah. It's basically like knowing you're going to get cancer on a particular day and date. Yeah. It's just like it's looming and it's and it's going to be hard and there are going to be awful things all along the way. This goes back to what I was saying before the uh, before the first break is that it's just there's, it's terrifying from a personal point of view to have to kind of observe this slow motion train wreck in progress yeah. and to see all the terrible things that are going to go along with it and to know about it in advance. I think uh, we called the Bush years pretty well. Um, I think I, I have a, a good enough understanding of American politics and a good enough understanding of what Donald Trump is all about to, to have a sense of, of what kind of awfulness is absolutely possible and what the chances of that awfulness actually uh, occurring happen to be. And uh, in this case, I, I think there's a very, very high chance. I'd say an 80% chance of it's just being four years, maybe 90% chance of it just being four years of awfulness. There's not, there's very little opportunity here for something positive to sneak its way through. Not certainly not coming from the Trump White House. Yeah, there might be little rays of hope here or there. It's like the well, the the, the only thing you can actually think of is is the uh, Mr. Rogers quote: "Look for the helpers." We look for the helpers. Maybe we'll see some light in all of this. And hopefully there will be plenty of helpers who are uh, out there fighting Donald Trump tooth and nail at every turn. And, and, and preferably uh, members of Congress <laughs> fulfilling that role. But it's, it's hard. It's hard to know what's happening uh, and, and what is going to happen and to, to sit and, and have to deal with it as, as our jobs. And I'm yeah. not walking away because I have to do this. Psychologically, I have to do what I do. Fortunately, I can make a living doing it. Um, but because I have to do it emotionally, if I were to not write or do the podcast, like I said, my head would explode. I need a place to put this uh, this anger and angst, otherwise, and, and outrage. Otherwise, it just it, it will take years off of my life. It was like w when I started blogging at the Huffington Post, I had been blogging for pretty much the first half of the Bush administration, but on my own, on my own site. And then I started doing it kind of, I consider it for real when I started blogging for the Huffington Post. And it was so valuable in dealing with the, what was going on in the Bush years because instead of yelling at my television every day and, and yelling at my radio and yelling at my computer screen, I had some place to put that anger and, and that, uh, that discontent over the events of the day. So incredibly valuable. And I urge everyone who's listening to, to try to apply that, to try to find a way to use it. I saw this uh, masterclass uh, for, for acting with Alan Alda. And Alan Alda was talking about how you use your nervousness before a performance in order to enhance your performance. You find a way to adapt that nervousness into something that um, is is uh, germane to the character and to the scene you're playing. And I think that's it's actually a valuable lesson. We if we find a way to, to use our outrage to achieve some sort of positive outcome, I think we'll all be better off and we'll all be able to survive this without going absolutely bananas. <laughs> There's still a strong chance of the bananas, though. All right, we're going to take a, uh, one last break and wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath & Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business 
proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Congratulations to Yes. Yes, finally, finally being inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, along with Journey, ELO, Tupac Shakur, who else? Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, yeah. Excellent class. I I would say four of these bands being uh, inducted are, I almost said inaugurated, inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame happen to be uh, four of my favorites. Yes, Journey, ELO, Pearl Jam, great. And especially Yes, Yes is uh, way up there among my all-time favorites and uh, so glad to see them uh, finally recognized, even though it's it's a band that's just uh, loaded with turmoil. And even the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance is going to have some turmoil and some politics around it because there's actually two Yeses once again. There's sort of a, a legitimate Yes that has the name Yes, and then there's another band called ARW, which is basically Yes, and they're performing Yes songs on tour. <laughs> So here we are again. It's like 1990 all over again, but evidently they're all going to come together and, and perform as one at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. So ceremony. like 80 people on stage. Yeah, it'll be 80 people. It'll actually be, that's pretty close. It'll be eight people. It'll be an eight eight member band. Well, one of them, uh, Chris Squire, of course, uh, who was, uh, I was trying to mention, was very cool to me, a very nice guy, uh, won't be there because he's passed away. But uh, I think Billy Sherwood, who's also a very nice guy, will take over. Uh, that role. So, but I mean, I think it's eight members total who are being inducted, and there are some side members who are not being inducted, which is was just weird too. But anyway, so uh, and no one cares, but <laughs> except me. <laughs> so uh, moving along here. Um, okay, so this tweet from Donald Trump about mm, about China. Yeah, about China and the drone. I don't know what, again, this is, is he being sarcastic? Is he being snarky? Is it being missed? I mean, Donald Trump said, we should tell China. We should tell China that we don't want the drone they stole back. Let them keep it. Exclamation mark. It's just going to be, it's just going to be one of these sort of off the cuff ridiculous ideas of his after another once he's president and that's the thing he can like he can say it's shocking to think that he can say that now he can say we should just do this and and at the moment anyway it has no authority yeah. it's meaningless so he can go on twitter and say we should do this uh, you know what it. that's he's been doing that for years but, but I mean, we're now at a point where pretty soon we're going to be at a point where he can say no we will let him keep it yeah. and I, i'm president i just said that and if that actually if he would actually been inaugurated and then said 
China should just should just keep the drone. China. This is the most insane thing in the world. Yep. That is proprietary technology. Didn't he say that he wants to crack down on China and and all of the piracy that's going on? How they're sort and and the copyright infringement that's happening. You know, in China. Didn't he say that he wants to crack down on that? So now he's going to let he's going to let China, China have this drone which contains not only the proprietary technology that's of, of the subcontractor built the drone, but right. there's also all kinds of national security secrets that can be accessed. They could just take this thing and reverse engineer it. Yeah. It's just the dumbest goddamn thing and he wants he wants you to say, "Well, keep it." What is it? Is this some sort of Trump version of mental jujitsu? Is this some sort? Of, no, no, no. It's just it's him being stupid. There's no depth here. We've all been accustomed to Barack Obama playing whatever it is, 30 layer chess or whatever that yeah. metaphor is. It's not happening with Donald. There is no 30 layer. Chess. He is playing the most rudimentary version of just straightforward. He, there's no strategy to what Donald Trump is doing. By the way, he had no idea, even though he is supposed to be receiving classified intelligence briefings every day. He had no idea that the drone had already been retrieved right. when he tweeted that out. So, didn't know Donald Trump, stupid. Donald Trump launched his Twitter campaign against China's seizure of U.S. Navy research submersible last week to great fanfare. And as it turns out, hours after the crisis had already been diffused. <laughs> it's unclear Amazing. whether the president-elect or his aides knew that fact. It would have been included in the intelligence briefing available to him each morning before he sent out his misspelled missive of outrage at 7.30 a.m. Saturday morning. <sighs> Quote, China steals U.S. Navy, uh, United States Navy research drone in international waters, rips it out of the water and takes it to China in unprecedented act, Trump wrote. Uh, That information would have been known to Trump had he taken the presidential daily brief prior to posting his first tweet, whether he did that Saturday or whether he and his staff even bothered to check with the State Department or the Pentagon about the status of the matter before weighing in is unknown. And the answer is absolutely not. No, no way he actually did that. No way he actually did that. This is a guy who's going to knee-jerk us into war. He's going to knee-jerk us into international crisis. He's going to knee-jerk us into a recession. Absolutely. All of the th- all of the terrible things that you can possibly imagine, most of them are going to actually happen, because this man is incompetent, and he was and he's being propped up by 60, 62 million people who believe absolute bullshit, like Barack Obama banned the use of the word Christmas. It is absolute horseshit. There is no God. See, I'm in one of those uh, one of those modes right now where I'm actually just seeing it at face value. I'm seeing the stupidity at face. I know <laughs> that this is this is obvious that I don't need to underscore how bad it is. But I'm I'm staring into the abyss. I think we're all staring into the abyss. That's why it's this is all so terrifying. Yeah. And you know, of course, the electoral college let it happen. Electoral college is rolled over and, you know, because of the whatever it is, the sacred nature of their electoral college vote, they're letting this guy be president. And it's so disconcerting. It's so disappointing. Yep. 
nothing, nothing we knew up until this point actually applies anymore. No reliance upon the facts or everything goes out the window. We're at the threshold of hell. All right, we've got a uh, postmortem show coming up here in a second. Going to oh talk, talking about, <laughs> talking about the latest. Uh, God, <laughs> I want to talk about that that press gathering at Mar-a-Lago. Oh yeah, that was a that was a winner. Not since the tire swing shindig at the Trump, uh, the, not the Trump compound, the the, the McCain compound yeah. with the. Uh, Entire McCain press corps all having a, a weenie roast with John McCain in 2008. Remember that? The tire swing summit. This is just... I hate to say this. Well, you know what? I'll talk I'll talk about it on post-mortem show. There was something I was going to say that sometimes gets into iffy territory, but I'll say it on the post-mortem show. It just, it's something I need. Something I need to see in order to be satisfied... Uh, with this story about Mar-a-Lago and the uh, weenie roast at the Trump estate. <laughs> the uh, by the way, the reason I said "oh boy," this this just came uh, came across, uh, or came I guess yesterday came across oh, no. Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is willing to do season three of uh, True Detective. Oh, really? That may be that may be enough to get H- if if you know that may be enough to get HBO to greenlight it. By the way, you're going to see uh, Rogue One coming up. I'm going to see it as soon as we're finished here. Oh, my God. It was really, really good. Good. It was I'm really, really good. Abandon all of your expectations going in. Don't don't try to envision it to be a certain thing. Just let it wash over you. No, no, no. I'm not. I have no real expectations, yeah. I mean, aside from wanting it to be good. But that's, that's it. The Red Letter Media guys panned it, which I, and I think they were being unfair. I think they were comparing it to their own expectations of what it should have been rather than what it is. Right. Uh, but for the most part, it's getting huge, amazingly great reviews. It's doing really well at the box office. And the movie is, I gave it a solid A-. minus. I think it's an outstanding film. Uh, cool. And, and an, obviously an outstanding Star Wars movie. Okay, post-mortem show coming up next. We'll see you again on Thursday, folks. Bye-bye.